Thank you for joining us once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Now here's a sample of today's broadcast. We could tell them, hey, Adam, stop, man. Slow your roll. That dude lying to you. That devil lied to you. That snake lied to you. You don't know the consequences of this thing. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the rich word of God. All right. Uh, for the last few weeks or so, the Lord has been dealing with, dealing with us about deliverance. And we're going to continue in that same stream today. He said, my people need deliverance. My people need deliverance. Why? Because the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back for his church very soon. Sooner than you think. He's coming for his church. A church, the Bible declares, that is without spot or wrinkle. He's coming for his church. That's without spot or wrinkle. But we got some spots. We got some wrinkles. Amen? And I'm not talking about old age wrinkles either. We got some spots and wrinkles. Some things we have to get ironed out. Amen? And it's going to take the Lord to heal us. Because we all want to go up with him. Amen? We all want to go up. We don't want to be left behind. We don't want to be a, uh, we want to be first load Christian, so to speak. We want to go up on the first load. Amen? All right. Well, the Lord's going to help us today. The Lord's going to help us today because the body of Christ uh, needs deliverance. Uh, we need to be freed from the encumbrances of sin in our lives. We're going to be living uh, a life that has no compromise. Praise the Lord. So that we can make so that we'll be a distinction in the earth realm. A distinction. And it is said, and it is true, if you make a distinction, they'll make a decision. If you make a distinction, if there's something different uh, between us and the world, then they can make a decision. But if we're doing the same thing that they are doing, if we're caught up in the same mess that they're caught up in, then they have nowhere to go. They have nowhere to go. That's why God will deal with his house first. He will deal with us first. Amen? Hallelujah. He will deal with us first. All right. Uh, we look at uh, Matthew, the 13th chapter. We're going to start here in Matthew, Matthew 13. This is some wonderful word. Uh, and we're going to continue, as I said, on this road of deliverance. But today we're going to speak from the subtitle, um, the subtitle of Sleeping on the Job. Sleeping on the job. Don't get caught sleeping on the job. Some of you need to hear that Monday morning, but we'll go on. Sleeping on the job. All right, so the Lord's going to help us. He's going to help us get delivered. Amen? Because if we would all be honest, and if I can get the uh, medium entry to turn on this back row of light so I can see a little bit better, I would appreciate that. Uh, if we all be honest, there is something in us that is holding us up or that is hindering us from receiving the full weight of glory of God in our lives. There is something that we may still be compromising on uh, that we really know it's killing us. We know the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God's eternal life in Christ Jesus. We know all that stuff, but still there is something in us that is pulling us in the wrong direction. And let me tell you what the Lord told me. He said, all sin is rooted in a lie. All sin is rooted in a lie. There is some lie that is holding that sin to us. There is some lie that is holding that. Even if you uh, go back into the book of Genesis, we'll see that. 
the uh, Adam and Eve's act of sin or unrighteousness was founded in a lie. They went to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and sinned because of a lie. A lie that they heard and was received in the heart. And then once it was received, it grew and they went over and partook of sin. By the same token, that's true with us as well. Everything, every uh, sin in our lives, every mistake, every error in our life is in our lives is rooted in a lie. Now, once the lie is uprooted, uprooted from our hearts, the sin is no more. It cannot manifest because the lie has been uprooted. Praise the Lord. If someone had gone to Adam and Eve and told them, if one of us had gone to Adam and Eve, knowing the effects of what would happen, if we had a time machine and go back in time, we could tell them, hey, Adam, stop, man. Slow your roll. That dude lying to you. That devil lied to you. That snake lied to you. You don't know the consequences of this thing. Let me tell you, if you were able to give him some truth at that point, that would have stopped that and pulled up that lie, and he wouldn't have done that. Are you with me? All right. So, here again, every sin is rooted in a lie. If you pull up the lie, pull up the roots of that lie, that sin will go away. It will not be anymore. Hallelujah. All right. In Matthew, the 13th chapter, uh, we see something here. Matthew 13. And we're really going to start at verse number 24. How many of you want to learn today? You want to really get into the Word of God? All right. Praise the Lord. And I pray that uh, you give me just a few moments to give that word to you. I, I can't get everything to you in a chicken McNugget size. Uh, everything cannot be that small, but we're going to chop it up. But sometimes it's going to take a little bit more time to give you a revelation, to give you an illumination. Are you with me? Can you give the pastor some time today? All right. Matthew 13. Now, we see in Matthew 13 uh, the Lord talking really about the, uh, the sowing of the word. In the whole uh, 13th chapter, which is where, this is where he goes and says the sower takes the word and he, and, uh, he sows it. And, you know, and different things happen. And, and, in, the, and in the last of it, uh, with the one that um, received the seed in good ground, he produced 30, 60, some 100 fold, right? So we know of this account. If you do not know of this account, go home and uh, read uh, Matthew 13, verse 1 through 23, and you get a better understanding. But I'm going to have to go on today a little bit further. Because in 24, uh, he picks up on those same thoughts about the sower and, uh, and the word. Now, He's calling himself, the Son of Man, is the sower of the Word. Jesus is the one that sows the Word. The seed is the Word of God. Say with me, the seed is the Word of God. Okay? The ground or the soil is the heart of people, is our heart. The Word of God goes into our heart, right? And as long as we understand it... Uh, and then act upon it, we're going to see some great results of it. But the seed, the, but we're talking about, let me start again, the sower, or the one that goes and puts the seed out, is Jesus. He's the one that's sowing the Word. And the ground is our heart, is our heart, okay? Now, really, in Scripture, you'll find that the word heart and mind are synonymous in a lot of cases. They're the same thing, heart and mind. As the Word of God goes into your heart, you know, it's affecting your mind, affecting the way that you think. Okay? 
But the devil also knows that road. He also knows. So he will try to sow his word in your heart, in his mind, in your mind, to affect also the things that you do. All right? Now, this is exactly what we were coming upon in uh, Matthew, the 13th chapter, verse 24. And it reads, I'm going to read verses 24 uh, through 30. And it reads, Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. Already we know the seed is talking about what? The Word of God. All right? The Word of God. The field is our heart. Also, we can see it as our, as our mind. Come on, talk to me now. We're here to learn today. Amen? Verse 25. And while men slept, the enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and uh, brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? He said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? Uh, but he said, Nay. Least while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Verse 30. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into the barn. Somebody say praise the Lord. Okay, we're going to go through this so wonderfully, and you're going to get some good understanding today. Look again, uh, we, verse 24, we know the Lord Jesus is sowing the word. The field is our heart. Now, he's just, here again, he just talked about the sower and the seed in uh, verses 1 through 23, so he's still talking about it now. Now, verse 25 says, but while men slept. Now, I want you, I want you to understand something. Catch this picture. We, as believers, receive the Word of God in our heart. Jesus has sown the Word of God. Somehow we have heard the Word preached, or we have read the Bible, and it has gotten through our hearing into our heart, which is also synonymous with our mind. We now contain the very Word of God. Then it says, while men slept, or while we became inactive... Now, this is what a lot of people do. They receive the Word of God on church Sunday morning, but then they become inactive. Uh, they don't utilize it, or they don't pay attention to it. Are you with me? They don't meditate on it. Their focus is not on it. While we sleep, while we turn our attention to something else, here comes the devil. Here comes the wicked one. Now, we, I hope you all understand that there is an opposing force. There's a force that is trying to kill you. That's trying to steal from you, kill you, and destroy you. Now, the Lord Jesus is giving us counsel. This is from our king's lips. So we're going to follow this. He says, while they slept, while we were inactive, while we were inactive, an enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat. Right alongside of what Jesus told you, in your heart, here comes the enemy sowing another thought. 
Now, the Lord Jesus, as he gives you his word, it comes as thoughts, right? It comes as sentences or words, concepts that he's trying to get to you. So he sowed his good word into your heart. And while we weren't paying attention or meditating on what he said, while our mind was on something else, while we were sleeping on the job, here comes the enemy sowing other thoughts, concepts, or things. While we were not meditating on God's word, while our focus was not on him, the enemy comes in and sows something else right alongside of what Jesus had already said to you. The enemy, the, the devil is jealous. Jesus saying something, I'm going to say something too. He wants his time in court as well. So right beside, on that ground, if you can just imagine, use your, your Holy Ghost imagination. And imagine this um, being a field of dirt there, well plowed up field, plowed up field, and rows in it. And today at church, the Lord is sowing and covering up uh, his seed. And if we become inactive, or when we become inactive, here comes the devil sowing his seed right by it. And let's look. So do we all have that picture now? All right. So while they slept, this happened. Verse 26 says, But uh, when the blade was sprung up, uh, when the blade was sprung up uh, and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. Now I want to show you something. In verse 26, when you see the word blade, it says, and, but when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit. Now, this fruit here, this is not the full manifestation of God's word. In other words, if we would think of it as a fruit tree, the blade is just the, the first, you know, the first little green piece of leafy stuff that comes out of the ground. Right? The apple is not grown on the tree yet. There's not weed on it yet. That's just the first thing. So, the Word of God has prospered in the individual's heart and is beginning to show the first signs of productivity. You begin to see this thing, and it's really working. Let's say someone comes into the church, you don't, don't know the Lord, and, and you're unsaved, and you begin to get into the household of God, and you're in your Word, and life begins to change. Anybody got that testimony? Life begins to change. When you're first born again, we're fired up. We wanted to be with the Lord. We wanted to be in Bible study. We wanted to pray as newborn babes. We were desiring the sincere milk of the Word of God. Man, you couldn't keep us from church. We had to be at church. But then, what did hinder you that you no longer obey the truth? What put out your fire? What put out your fire? We began to sleep. And while you slept, the enemy began to sow his thoughts and his concepts in your thinking. Some began to tell you in church, well, it don't take all of that. It don't take all of that screaming and yelling and hollering and going on. You don't have to clap your hands. You don't have to do all of that. You don't have to study all the time. You don't really have to pray. You don't really have to even open your Bible. Here comes a seed that was sown right alongside of the Word of God. And we know what God says, but while we slept, while we were unattentive, sowed right alongside it. A lot of lies were sown in our hearts and our lives. 
A lot of people told you when you were coming up, I mean, as children, we thought we could do anything. Teenagers, oh, man, we thought we could just take over the world. We thought we were invincible. We can do anything. I can jump off this thing, won't get hurt. But then somebody said something. We began to have some experiences. Things began to change. And the enemy sold his lies right beside it. Right beside of the good things that God had already put into you. Are you with me? So here are the first signs. Uh, you get the first signs of the Word of God in your heart, and everything's going good. Then it says, then appeared. Say appear. Now the word appear here is uh, uh, phino or phino uh, in the Greek, and it means to shine, to be bright, to bring forth into the light. The tares, the, what the enemy had sown, is also shooting up right beside it, side by side. Now you have two competing faults, two competing concepts in your mind. What first you were very sure of, now you're not so sure about anymore because you've heard something else. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? And the enemy's word, the Bible says, now appeared, pheno. In other words, the light has been shining on it. Now you see this light as a spotlight on the lie. Then appeared, Fino, a spotlight is now on this lie. And now you think, well, maybe, maybe I should go this way over here. You hear through popular culture, well, if you really love him, you, you ought to have um, premarital sex. You ought to commit fornication if you really love them. That's the lie that's planted right beside uh, the, don't commit fornication planet right beside it. Two opposing faults growing up right by each other in the garden of your heart. What do we do with those? Two opposing faults. Now, let's look further. I want to show you this. Now, the tear here is uh, simply saying this is an alternative way, another opinion or another option from the Word of God. This is another way. We go back into the beginning with, uh, with Adam and Eve. Uh, the devil said, well, you know, the Lord does know when you eat this, you'll be, you'll be like he is. You'll be like God. Now, it was already God's plan that they live forever. And he was with them, and the glory of God was on them. They were already like God. He made them in his image and after his likeness. Somebody hearing that word. So truth was already sown. In their hearts, already sown. But here comes a lie while they slept. Oh, he knows that if you eat this, you'll be like him. Somebody should have said, I thought I was already like him. Two opposing thoughts. What are we going to do with it? The enemy offers another way. Another way of doing something. He offers another option. Some way for you to get something that God has told you, but just in another way. You don't really have to do it God's way. Just do it this way, and you have a better result, so he says. But how many of you know that that is a lie? And so it says in verse number 27, So the servants, now listen, to this, this is very powerful here. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didn't thou... Rather, didst not thou sow good seed into thy field? Now we're going into the realms of history here. Because 
there'll be some that will question the validity of God's Word. Is it good enough to keep me? Is it strong enough to protect me? Is it, is it good enough to provide for me? And at different times, we're all going to question God's Word in our heart. John the Baptist questioned Jesus. He knew him. Now, he, John the Baptist was Jesus' um, cousin. And he knew of the Lord Jesus. When Jesus came to be baptized, John saw the dove coming down upon Jesus. Uh, he saw the glory of God or the anointing, the Spirit of God descending upon Jesus like a dove. And John, out of his own lips, said to the people, said to his congregation, all those around, he said, Behold the Lamb of God that comes to take away the sins of the world. John was sure and very sure that Jesus was the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. He said it publicly. He said it openly. But when he got in prison, he said to his disciples, Hey, y'all, um, go ask Jesus, is he the one or should we look for another? He began to doubt there was another seed that was sown. Now, he knew it clearly before. But now he began to doubt. Jesus tells the disciples of John, Hey, go back and tell him what you see. Tell him the blind see, the dead are being raised, the lame are walking. All of these things that would tell John that, yes, I am the Messiah. So sometimes we can all question the validity of God's word. Is this his word or, or will this really work for me? And that's what the servants here were doing. These are thoughts that are going on in our mind. I pray you're hearing me. So the servants of the householder came and said to the master, came and said to the Lord, uh, isn't your seed good? Doesn't your word work? He said, and uh, from whence comes these tares then? How do we get all these, these weeds here in the garden? Where all these opposing thoughts come from? Verse 28, he said unto them, an enemy has done this. And the servant said unto him, now listen, listen. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? Now here's something else. Because understand something. This is the first. Uh, they can clearly see. These servants can clearly see what, is, what they think is wheat and what they think are weeds. They know something is wrong. Now here's, the, here's our condition. And here's how this applies to us once again. When we're serving the Lord... But we keep having these thoughts, sometimes wicked thoughts. And we think that we are wicked because we have these wicked thoughts. But you don't see what's going on around you in the spirit world, spirit world how the enemy is whispering in your ear. And then he leaves, and you think it's yours. Here again... We think that we, we're wicked because we, we have these thoughts, or we think that we're wicked because we are tempted. When temptation is not sin, it is only when we yield to temptation is it sin. Jesus was tempted in all points, such as you and I, but he did not sin. Because you are tempted does not mean that you have sinned. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? Hallelujah. So... They said, now here again, uh, but here's the first signs of maturity in this believer. They can clearly see what is right and clearly see what is wrong. They can clearly see God's Word and what God's Word says and clearly know that this thought is wrong. Okay? Now listen, it says, uh, uh, 
their intentions are good. They ask, do you want us to go and pull it up? Uh, uh, they want it to uproot the evil in their lives or in their heart. So they focus, now listen, they focus on what's called self-help. They focused on uh, open-heart surgery on themselves. Uh, but they have been infected with a lie here. They've been infected with a lie because they actually think that they can clean their hearts, their own hearts up by themselves. Hear me. They said, do you want us to go and gather them up? We'll go into our hearts. We'll go and commit surgery on ourselves. We'll go and root up all these things. We have the power to do this. Do you want us to go and clean up my own heart myself? Do you want me to pull up all the evil that's in me? This is self-help, saying that we can perform the operation without the help of the Lord. Oh, we're wise enough. We see what is wrong and we see what is right. And we're going to go in and do it ourselves. Jesus rebukes him and says, no. Are you hearing what's being said? He rebukes him and says, no. Why is that? Uh, he says, you don't know. In short, he says, you don't know what you're doing. You're going to make it even worse. He says, don't do that. At least you also, he says, uh, nay, at least you also gather up. Uh, at least while you're gathering the tares, you uproot the wheat also. He says, no, stop. You can't do this by yourself. You're going to need my influence. You're going to need my influence. That's why he says there at, uh, in verse number 30, he says, let both grow together until the harvest in the harvest time, you can clearly see what's an apple tree and what's an orange tree. You can clearly see what is uh, uh, grapes or what is muscadines. You can clearly see them in harvest time. The Lord said, let them both grow up together. In other words, let the word mature in you. He said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The word continue means stay on it. Get in it. Be attentive to what I have said to you. Continue in what I'm saying. Let my word mature in you. The word says that it is the engrafted word that is able to save our souls. The word that is within you is able to save you. The word that God puts in you. He said, continue in what I'm saying to you. You believe me now? Continue in it. Meditate on that word. Study that word. Show yourselves approved unto God. And that word will mature on the inside of you. And as it matures, you're going to clearly see what is God and what is not. Are you hearing what we're saying to you? He said, if you continue my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Then are you my disciples indeed. In the word indeed in the Greek means uh, most certainly. Most certainly you are my disciples indeed as you continue in what I have said. But as we said on Wednesday night, in the last days, there will be uh, people that will not endure sound doctrine. They won't endure the Word of God, but will heap to themselves teachers with itching ears. People that will tell them what they want to know and uh, what makes them feel good, what makes them feel better. And it will not be the rich Word of God. I pray you're hearing. We're living in the last days right now. So we said it is the Word of God. 
He said, if you continue in it, then you'll be his disciples most certainly. And you will know the truth. The word know uh, denotes a fellowship. A, it denotes an intimacy. Not just a casual walking by. Not just a casual acquaintance or like you know of somebody that's on television. I know of. Uh, I, I know of Frank Sinatra or I know of Diana Ross. I know of them, but I don't know them. Are you with me? I know of Barack Obama. I know of other people on TV, but I don't know them. He said, if you continue in what I'm telling you, continue in your study, continue in meditating on what I've said, then we're going to have intimacy one with another. And that intimacy will produce uh, freedom. You will know the truth. You'll be intimate with truth. And that truth will make you free. And the word free in the Greek talks about freedom from the dominion of sin. Freedom from the dominion of sin. Now, what do we say in the very beginning? We said that every sin is rooted in a lie. Every sin is rooted in a lie. So when we become, uh, when we become intimate with the truth of God's word, what happens? We become free from the control or dominion of sin. It breaks. It goes away. But if we forsake God's word, what happens? Sin's control grips us, tightens, and there's nothing to break its power. Are you hearing me today? Oh, we're almost done. Are y'all stay with me today? You stay with me today. Now, notice again in verse 30. It says, let both grow together until the harvest. The Lord told me the other, uh, he told me this before, but he told me afresh a few weeks ago. He said, I want you to pray in the spirit. I want you, in other words, attend unto what I've given to you. And he said, don't worry about sin. Attend unto my spirit, pray in the spirit, and don't worry about sin. Don't worry about the errors. Don't worry about the mistakes. Just continue in my spirit. Can pray in the spirit. Study my word. And I can testify that I have grown stronger. He said, let both grow up together. Let both grow up together. Yes, the thoughts will be there. Yes, the deeds will be there. But let the word mature in you. Let the word mature in you. Let the word mature in you. Now, here's another lie. Hope you Here's another lie. Oh, I'm involved in something now, so I can't go back to church. So the lie matures in you, and the word of God begins to die. But the Lord said, attend to my words. Attend to my words. Now listen, don't curse the darkness. Just light a candle. Just turn the light switch on. And the darkness runs away like, like roaches. The sin will run away like roaches. Are you with me? Now listen, we, in verse number 28 it says, do you want us to come and do this? You want me to uproot the evil that's in my heart and life? You want me to do it? You want me to do it, Lord? You want me to do it? See, see David even knew that this, was, that this thing was wrong when he asked the Lord to search him. He said, search me, Lord. Now, I want to get that for you. I want to get that for you. Now, that's in uh, Psalm 139. You can make a note of it. Psalm 139, verse 23 through 26. Uh, it says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me. And know my faults. See, David says, Lord, I really don't know what's in me. 
I really don't know what I'm capable of. And if we're honest, we can all make that statement. So he says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Know what's planted in me. Search me, God. Search me. Know my heart. He says, try me and know my faults. He said, and see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Lead me in the right way. I'm going wrong. He said, do it, Lord. And then he also asked the Lord uh, to create, and also in the book of Psalms, create in me a clean heart. We have to say that every time we come. Create, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit on the inside of me. we got to pray this thing through as we attend to what God has said. Now look again. We left off in 28 talking about self-help. I can do it myself. I can pull up the roots of this, of the evil that, that's within me. But the Lord said in verse number 30, He said, His remedy, let both grow up together. In other words, both grow. Let the Word also grow in you. Let the Word grow in you. Are you with me? He said, and in the time of harvest, before both of them can drop fruit in your life. Oh, I love that. Before the enemy's thoughts can produce fruit that will destroy you, you'll see on the other hand, God's Word producing fruit that can bless you. He said, and at the time of harvest, when they both are about to produce fruit or, or are producing fruit, he said, I will say, I love that. He said, I will say to the reapers, gather ye together first the tares, pull this out of their heart. In other words, God said, I will authorize my heavenly bodies. I will authorize my messengers who are the angels as it goes further on down. I will authorize them to do surgery on your heart and pull that wickedness out of you. I'll authorize it. They'll pull them up and throw them into the fire and the good fruit that's within you, I'll put in the special place right here in the barn. Are you hearing what we're saying to you? Hallelujah. The Lord said, I will authorize it, but you just let the Word of God have place in you. Let the Word of God have place in you. Let it have full course in you. And do not believe the lie. Now let me give you a few things here in my closing. The Bible says again, the last days people will be turned to fables. Turned away from God. Turned away from the Word of God. Turned away from what God has said. They won't endure sound doctrine. They won't endure it. They don't want to hear it. Anything else but that. And whatever excuse it takes to pull you from that. They'll begin to preach about fables or their own experiences. And people will gather themselves around that experience, but that is not of God. Let me give you an example of this. There are several examples of this in Scripture. Let me give you one or two. When the man, the Lord Jesus, comes upon the man at the pool of Bethesda, it was said at the pool of Bethesda that an angel came down and troubled the waters and the first person in got healed. It was said. It was said that an angel of God came down and did it. Well, how do we know that that was an angel from God? How do we know that God initially troubled the waters? The, Jesus said, you will know them by the fruit that they bear. Well, let's see what this supposedly angel from God did, and let's see the fruit of it. What do we have here? We see possibly years later, and it's been years later, because I believe the man was at the pool for 38 years. 
We see years later, we see a whole lot of crippled and lame folk not worshiping God, not waiting on God, but they're waiting on this water to move. Attention of a whole lot of, the attention of a whole lot of needy people who need God are no longer turned, turned to God, but they're turned to the water. So when God finally comes and steps on the scene in the form of Jesus Christ, he taps one of those people that are waiting. And the one that is waiting says, excuse me, man, I'm sorry, I'm waiting on this pool to move. Jesus said, you want to be made whole? Man, I'm trying. Ralph, did he not hear me? Look, look, man, I'm, I'm waiting on this pool, this water to be troubled, but every time it, it, it moves, it shakes, somebody else gets in front of me, and I'm frustrated, and I'm tired, but I'm going to be faithful to this water. Excuse me. Anything that takes your attention off of the Christ, the Messiah, and puts it on a thing where people begin to worship the creation and not the creator is sin. You ain't hearing what I'm saying to you. So they thought it was God, but it was not rooted in the word of God. Nowhere in scripture does God say, look at this and continue to look at this for years and 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 years so that you can no longer hear my voice. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Now, when God does call his people to Look and live as he did at the, at the pole. The Lord told Moses to uh, create a pole and, and form, uh, take two, uh, make an image of brass serpents. And as many people look at this, they shall live. But it was an instant manifestation for all those that did that. Instantly as they looked, wow, they were healed. Instantly. But further on down through the generations, because they kept that pole further on down gener- through generations... Some of God's people again, my God, want to make an idol out of the pole. They began to worship the pole. So God commanded the king, destroy that thing because my people are messing up again. Are you hearing what we're saying today? What are we saying? That there is something wrong in here, yes. We got some mess in us, yes. Uh, some of us, we have some fruit, yes. But it's only because we have not allowed the Word of God to manifest or to mature in us. Once the Word of God matures in you, once you continue in it and become intimate with that Word you and know it, once you know what is truth, it will uproot every lie around you. It will cause freedom from the domination of sin. Freedom from the domination of sin. So what is the answer? If you say, I'm tired of this, and I pray that some of us, if not all of us, are saying, Lord, I'm tired of sin. I'm tired of messing up. I want to be holy. I want to be righteous in your sight. I'm tired of yielding to the devil. I'm tired of yielding my members as instruments of of unrighteousness. I want to yield to you. I want to walk right in your sight. I want to be right in your sight in the name of Jesus. I pray that we've gotten to that point where we're ready to strip off of this mess. But only God can truly deliver you. Only God can. But the Word of God must have place in you. If you forsake 
your Bible study time. I'm not saying you got to read 12 chapters a day or a whole book a day. You may find deliverance in one verse, but seek the Father and attend unto His Word, and you will see growth. You will see growth in you. You will see growth, and you become intimate with truth, and that truth will make you free. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We are done in Jesus' mighty name. Remember, if you'd like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. 